Welcome to Annunciation with Father David. Father David is the priest at Annunciation Greek Orthodox Church in Decatur, Illinois, where every week people are connected to the ancient wisdom of Orthodox Christianity. Here's Father David. Christ is in our midst. Good morning. So a couple weeks ago, I ran across an article that was sort of an analysis of a poll uh, by some Christians who were asking questions of atheists. And one of the things that they found was that though atheists claimed that they had rationally and logically th thought through on matters of religion, that in actuality um, their conversion, as it were, to atheism was more of an emotional response, that they had a some form of negative experience with Christianity, and that was really the the moment that they turned towards atheism and then they um, found all kinds of justifications for making that choice. Unfortunately, I can't tell you what that article was or what poll that was because I couldn't find it this week. Um, and But what was interesting in my searches for it, if you put into Google you know, Christian polls of atheists, what you'll find is all of these articles about various polls comparing atheists to Christians. Um, and you'll see things like atheists are um, as well regarded by the average Americans as rapists, or atheists have a better divorce rate than Christians or atheists do this in comparison to Christians, whatever. Um, what was interesting about the pattern of all of these polls and all of these studies is that it's really one direction. It's the fact that all of these polls are looking not really at atheists, but at Christianity. You know, the average atheist is no more about religion than religious people do. Okay, um, and to sort of illustrate my point, I, I want to show you the icon of Saint Demetrius of Thessaloniki, who we're, we're celebrating today. Now, if we were to examine this icon in the same way that these polls examine atheism in Christianity we could very easily dismiss this icon. Because from an historical perspective, it's completely inaccurate. Um, we see Demetrius on a horse with a spear um, about to defeat Laos, who's lying on the ground. Well, even by our own iographies about Demetrius, we know that Demetrius never met Laos. 
by the time Leos showed up in Thessaloniki, Demetrius was already in prison, chained up and being tortured in a bathhouse. They never met in battle. And uh, it was Nestor who defeated Leos in a wrestling match. No weapons were used. Um, and as a matter of fact, it was Demetrius, not Leos, who was pierced by a spear. So in almost every regard, at least from an historical, factual point of view, this icon is wrong. So the, you know, it, it leaves us to ask the question, why would the church so consistently then portray St. Demetrius in this way? Because there's a greater truth here in this depiction of him. And it goes back to the divine irony of the gospel. That Christ defeats death by death. Both men in this icon are dead and were killed on the same day. But who is victorious? Demetrius. Because his king, his God, was victorious over death. His death had no sting. Whereas Laos, who condemned Christ, cowers in fear of death. And here is Demetrius wielding in victory the very implement that killed him, that supposedly defeated him. In the same way that we today carry around our necks the weapon used to kill Christ. And we carry it around in victory because it was through the cross that Christ defeated death. In today's gospel reading, we see the gathering demoniac sitting at the foot of Christ after having legion exercise from him, wanting to follow Christ. And Christ says something unexpected. He says, no, you have to return to your home and declare all the good things that Christ and God have done for you. We, as Orthodox Christians living in a largely secular world, are in a very similar position. It would be nice if we could pack our bags and go to a place where the majority of the population were Orthodox. Wouldn't it be nice if on Holy Friday we could go to the center of town in our procession, knowing that we would meet all of the other parishes there to finish the service. Wouldn't it be nice to live in a place where on every corner there is a chapel or a church? But we are not called to live in a place where the majority of people are Orthodox Christians. We are called to live here. And we are called to remind people every day of what God and Christ have done for us. 
And one of the ways that we can do that in a secular world that has had so many negative experiences with Christianity, enough so that you know more and more and more people are becoming atheist and turning their back on God and Christ, is to do what I just did with the icon of St. Demetrius. Just turn it around. Rather than listening to all of these polls and listening to all of these atheists have the direction of the conversation be, let's look at Christianity and all of the problems that it has. Because what they're doing really is unfair, as I just demonstrated with the icon. They are reducing the conversation to, let's talk about Christianity rationally. Let's talk only about this tiny little segment of what Christianity really is so that we can safely denigrate it and dismiss it. When in reality, you're trying to reduce it to an idea. And as I've said many times, Christianity isn't an idea. Christianity is a person. Christianity is people. And it is a much more complex, rich and magnificent thing than simply an idea. What we can do is we can reverse that conversation. Okay, let's for a moment pretend that you were right and that atheism is the correct answer. Let's use our logic. Let's use the power of our mind to examine it and see what happens, and see how well atheism stands up to the power of the human mind. And when we do this, we find that atheism stands as much chance as Christianity. And let me give you an example. A question I like to ask human secularists, because it is, an, it is a question that I had to ask myself. How do you justify freedom, equality, human rights, morality, and ethics? Because when we get rid of God, who is external, eternal, and the measure by which we see what is good, there is no external, eternal measure by what is good. We could say, well, there's law and there's governments, and there's social contracts. But what is the origin of all of these things? Human beings. We become the final say for what is good and for what is right. And therefore, what do we have to stop a Hitler, or a Stalin, or a Pol Pot, who has gathered enough like-minded people to say it is good and it is right to murder millions of people. What do we have to say to prove that he's wrong? Since we are the source of determining who is, what is good and what is right, what's different from what Hitler says, or Stalin says, or Pol Pot says is good, and what we say is good. 
And the answer is there is no difference. So therefore, the most proper expression of atheism is might makes right. Whoever has the biggest gun and who is willing to use it is right. And they get to determine what is moral and what is good. And if you want an example, all we have to do is look at the French Revolution, the Bolshevik Revolution, the communist countries, the United States. Because we have determined it is right and it is good to kill millions of people. Since Roe v. Wade was put into law, the United States has killed more people than Hitler did. Granted, we took longer, but the reality is still there. Might makes right. Leos would like this and would agree with this, by the way. He was a big man, a strong man. He got up and people of the people of Thessaloniki and says, bring your strongest man to me and wrestle me and I'll defeat them all. And he died that way. God gave him what he wanted because when you say might makes right, there's always going to be somebody out there who's better at killing than you are. And as you can see, this is why atheists like to steer the conversation toward talking about Christianity, because in reality, they have nothing. And in that place, in that nothingness that is atheism, it is our job to then be that man who is possessed by legion, to live a life every day declaring to the world what God has done for you. Because even when the atheist sits there and dismisses our criticisms of atheism by saying, how dare you call me a communist? How dare you call me a fascist? when we love them anyway, when we have faith, even in the face of terror and death and destruction and tragedy, when we have joy in a world filled with so much sadness, we are declaring to the world this is what God has done for me. Because despite all of the things that happen out there, God has definitively acted. God has become incarnate. He has gone to the cross so that he could lead me into resurrection. And therefore, I have no fear 
in the face of all the terror that you can throw at me. You may believe that might makes right. Fine. You might kill me. Fine. You can stick a spear in my side just as you did to Christ and to St. Demetrius. Fine. Christ conquered death. And he has given me eternal life. And when we do that, lives will be transformed because the Holy Spirit will work in and through us. Hearts will soften. Lives will be transformed. So let us be like that former demoniac. Live our lives here, declaring every day what God has done for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, unto the ages of ages. Thank you for listening to Annunciation with Father David. If you would like to speak with someone at Annunciation or visit us, you can find contact information, directions, and service times at our website at AnnunciationDecatur.org. The chant at the beginning and end of this podcast is the Byzantine hymn, Kentakion of the Mother of God, sung by Capella Romana. For more information, go to their website at capellaromana.org.